Beard Bros Campfire Fun, fun time. time. I'm Grant. I'm Tyler. So we're back. We got some good stuff to talk about today. It's going to be awesome. We did a lot of fun stuff on the break while we, uh, you know, procrastinated podcasting, but it's all right. We're back. Hey, we were out there living <clears throat> life, so I regret nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only <laughs> 8 million other podcasts, you know, to listen to as well as ours, so you got plenty of other stuff to fill the time. We apologize, though, but we are back. And uh, the normal stuff, like the page on Facebook, if you do that sort of thing, um, leave us a review, leave us the thumbs up, the stars, whatever platform it is, give us some positive stuff back. We appreciate it greatly. Um, of course, as you know, this podcast, like always, is sponsored by Eagle Armory here in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, go ahead and see them for any of your firearm, hunting, outdoor-related needs, ammo as well. Or even if you need a big old safe to stash away yep. all those beautiful guns, you, you know. You need to they're take the, your, take your investments and lock them up. a great up. safe. Keep everything protected in these times. Uh, times are getting a little, little bit more hairy, a little bit more sketchy, you know what I mean? Um, if something broke out and uh, you needed to, uh, you know, maybe leave your house for a little bit, you wouldn't just want to leave them in a closet somewhere. It'd be no. at least safer inside of a gun safe or something like right. that. Um, even on vacation, that's a perfect place, you know. That's where they should be. Um, so, go ahead and shop there. Got the best deals and everything. We appreciate Eagle Armory, uh, Springfield, and the O'Fallon near St. Louis, Missouri area as well. All right, getting right into it today, Tyler. We have some fun stuff to talk about. You were at, um, let me see, you were in Rogers, Arkansas, like what, last weekend? It was last weekend, did some uh, bikes, blues, and barbecue. It's a huge event, just yeah. bike riders from just states, uh, I mean, you wouldn't believe all over the United States, are riding all the way down here to just see the beautiful countryside in Arkansas, great corners to just bike, and just it's just a great event, have live music and everything, and we wrote, We actually stayed in Rogers, and this year it was actually in Eureka Springs, if I'm not mistaken, or in between, one of the two. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. Tons of tons of bikes, you wouldn't even believe. And just the natural roar of 10,000 bikes all on the same road yeah, I can is only just amazing. It's just incredible. I mean, on any any normal day, Monday through Sunday, you know, in Eureka Springs, you get a little feel every 15 to 20 minutes of that, which is only yep. like three to five bikes. Sometimes it's more, sometimes yep. it's less. And that's loud as crap right there, man. Mm-hmm. So I can't even imagine. Uh, so during that route of like uh, riding, were people riding down in the like downtown area of Eureka Springs that kind of drops down? Absolutely. Yeah. You would have... Uh Oh man, honestly, like pods or sections of just like whatever, 20 to 50 bikes all just staggered in a nice little row, you know, and you'd have to just, the the traffic kind of accommodated to these well, little yeah. pods of everyone just going, because it's a small town and the roads are not the best. No, not at Very all. Very tight, crazy corners. The elevation. Everything. Banking. Yeah. You're going up, you're going downhill. It's just, it, it, it's, it's pretty cool to see. And they're... And I really enjoyed the fact that it, you know, it's not just all Harley riders. We had guys on gold wings. We had guys on trikes. And another thing, there was a dude, uh, 
that was at our hotel that had a big 427, big old V8. Oh, I've on seen a those. And, I've oh seen Oh, my those. gosh. It just where, rumbled. Where it's just a super wide frame, and you look yes. closer at it, and you're like, that's like an LS engine. Yeah, and you're it's like, what? massive. I've seen and I remember. Those. That's insane. I was out That's in the morning, insane. and he was trying to cold start this thing, and it was a cool 50, 50 <laughs> degrees, and anyone knows about them old engines. They don't like cold starts, so he was <laughs> You'd hear him do it two or three times, and finally got that rip-roaring, you know, and it was, it was just amazing. Yeah, and it's amazing how much louder it is with oh. exhaust. That's It's right oh there gosh. at the header. Yeah. You know, you don't even understand how unbelievably loud yeah. it is, but it's, it's, it's a head turner cool. for sure. And for, you know, a cool 80 to a hundred grand. The yeah. Thing, it's, it's, you can't you know. drive it across town and you're out no. of gas at that yeah. point. Cause your tank is so small for a yeah. V8 like that, but it was pretty cool. That's awesome though. Yeah. I think that old timer was, I mean, he's probably 70 at least riding yeah. on that damn thing. That's his and, fun bike. He's got so many bikes. Oh, I'm sure. It. I'm sure. And what's crazy is uh, the dude left his keys overnight. I remember I was checking it out. I was walking around the parking lot, whatever, like 11 or 12 or whatever. And uh, look over, I'm like, his keys are in the ignition on that yeah. $100,000 trike just sitting there. And so I went in there and talked to the, you know, the concierge lady or whatever in the hotel. I'm like, hey, his name tag's on. It said something Reeser. He left his keys in that bike, you know. Can mm-hmm. you contact him? Well, I'll give him a call. And she called him, and apparently, like, he does this everywhere. He just leaves his keys no matter where he's at. And just it's leaves a trike, in. though. It's a trike. See, yeah, that? three wheels all silvered out, chromed out, with a big 427 See, power plant in the middle. I was about to say something, but it automatically negates it. But I'll, I'll actually explain it. I haven't seen a V8 on a trike. I've only seen the V8s literally on a motorcycle yeah. frame that's custom a built. A lot of the Valkyries had yes, V8s yes. already on them, which is crazy. Yes. You know? and that's a lot of weight to try to keep up on two wheels. That's I'll tell what you that. I was saying. <laughs> that's your theft deterrent. Yeah. You could leave it because it's like, a, like someone that doesn't know really and just looks at that bike and be like, well, this is clearly worth Good luck yeah. getting it off the stand. It will and, be on the ground yes, within no 100%, time. <laughs> 100%. 100%. And that, that's a different type of torque, But a trike? Too. Yeah, a trike yeah. you just got to sit on. So that, but before that's I went else. and you know, told the lady, I'm like, man, I could take this for a lap real yeah. quick. And he would no, hear it, though. Oh, he yeah. would hear it from yeah, He the was probably room, on the fifth dude. floor, but he would hear it for yeah. sure. <laughs> Inside the elevator, he would hear it. In the storm shelter, he would hear yeah. it. I would say the only downfall to BBB, all right, Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue, was the barbecue section. If it's in the title, it better Uh, be damn good barbecue. And, okay, how maybe I'll I'll leave with this. They said er, there was good vendors, there was good barbecue, but the way they handled it. So you paid 15 bucks. Got five taste testings. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be great. We got five, you know, plates of barbecue we get to try. <laughs> five whole plates. Yeah, no, they were like <laughs> half of a shot glass. So of anything like if you had the pulled pork or the pulled chicken, you got three slivers of chicken just stuffed in this little shot glass, and you only got five of those. I'm like, that that to me was a little underwhelming for sure. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. See, they they kind of they do a system like that. Um, of course, all all the food events and fairs yep. here in Springfield like that, which is why I normally don't go to any of those anymore. Kind of scammy, a little I've bit scammy. Worked <laughs> them from restaurants in the past and had to you know deal with a lot of them. And yeah, I'm not into the 
trading a ticket for a, a one ounce ramekin cup of a quarter ounce piece of pork. Yeah. What Chicago's um, taste Chicago does, or at least did when I went, which is like 10 years ago right now. I mean like eight to 10 years ago. So that's probably not relevant. Um, but if they adapt this concept everywhere, it would work better where you would go and you buy your tickets like normal, but one ticket is worth one ticket. You oftentimes these restaurants will have like a table set up and it'll be maybe a one ticket item, then a three ticket item, and then maybe right. like a five ticket item. So you have the option of not just getting a little taste test. Correct. You, you get a plate full of, you know, yep. <laughs> a and, good taste of it here. And um, dude, it's like hundreds of restaurants and food trucks in the, in the Chicago like area yeah. that comes in. So you'll get Mexican food, Puerto Rican food, Thai food, yeah. Chicago hot dogs, like all Good right next to each other. Yeah. And it's reasonably fair where if you pay the three, like three ticket range, they'll give you like a whole hot dog, yeah. you know, and like five ticket was, was like a an, an entree in a little side. So it was actually worth it. But those little taste tests, like a lot of the barbecue events here in Springfield, I'm not going to name them, but you know them. They give you that kind of little sample bite. I don't want a bite no. of barbecue. Yeah, it's very hard to, you know. That's a sin. I'm judge pretty sure. Me. Right. Yeah, it's just a, just the slightest taste just smacking the face like, yep, that's all you get. No yep. more. <laughs> and that should not be allowed with barbecue. Barbecue, no. you should be able to eat as much as you want. You know, that's the beauty of barbecue. It's so good, man. I can eat barbecue every, every day. Speaking of which... I know you already know, but I'll tell them too. So I've been slowly transitioning to where I'm. My diet um, is going to be mostly, mostly meat based, mostly carnivore, which is my my hunted game meats, and that involves you know waterfowl, uh, other birds, small game like rabbits, squirrels, and stuff, right. um, raccoons, and groundhogs, and at you know, the times that I get them, which are rare, and few and far between, but a lot of fish because I'm always constantly catching fish, but I mostly catch and release. But there's, you know, certain situations and certain watersheds where it's important to take out, you know, the big boy. Um, but I've been, you know, transitioning into that. Uh, you could call me uh, meat trans, I oh, guess. Oh, going on the old meat trans Atlantic, yep. huh? I uh, identify as a piece of bacon. Ooh. Um, also a piece of steak. Um, I had uh, Bubba's Barbecue this, today, actually. Bubba's, where is that? That's on uh, West, Chess, or, uh, West Bypass and Chestnut. Oh, yeah, yeah, Kind of yeah, behind yeah. that Waffle yep, House. Yep. And I haven't had them it's in not a bad. while. It's not bad. Their uh, burn-ins were killer. Their yep. chicken was garbage. Yeah. I normally avoid chicken. Yeah. That's kind of the, the, it's really hard to mess up chicken in my eyes. If you're smoking chicken, so easy. that's the problem. Think about it like this. Chicken has like zero fat. Yeah. And you're doing a low and slow process. Yes. So generally I don't. And they overly Dude. shredded it, and I don't like that. You, yeah. If you're gonna pull, has the chicken, to be a whole chicken. I want to. Chi- yeah, has I want to be a, a chunk whole chicken and chicken. half chicken. Right. That's the only barbecue I get. Yeah. If I see there's a half bird and whole bird, aka yard pimps, that's what they call them in the yard south. Pimps. The old yard pimps <laughs> got the yard pimps running around. 
They got chickens running around, which Cat Williams has that bit. It's hilarious. World War Three. I think we talked about it, too. Yeah. He's like, chicken is not safe on any continent on the planet. It's like it's, it walks out on its feet, and everyone wants to put it in Greece. It's hilarious, <laughs> dude. And he's absolutely accurate. Chicken is the best generic bird meat, right? Cheap, Where it's just and white, And you can cook it bland. and do a million different things with yes. it. Yes. Yeah. But with that, it has no fat, really. And it's not a very great source of protein at all. It's just per not. pound? It's very, yeah, yes. It's, it's, it's just not very side. great. But it's not bad. Right. So it's like you can eat a lot of chicken and it's, you know, There's it's not, not a, a lot bad of thing. Col- uh, calories involved with Correct. chicken as well. So that's I why know it's a lot of people that's trying that. to wash their weight, eat yep. the chicken and stuff. But. A lot of the keto guys will eat a bunch of chicken and like broccoli and stuff. It's like, well, I mean, I like to get way more creative. I'm not going to eat, you know, super bland, steamed broccoli and steamed chicken like you know no. um but one of the most you know nutritious things of course is game meat but we don't have access to elk running around there's there's a small population and a limited hunt you know in missouri and i'm not entering in that raffle until i'm older and a little bit later i would like to see you know how we how we do that conservation wise but the next best thing that we have of course is deer and turkey and all these things well one of these things i didn't know about right and i got to try raccoon the other day them coons huh and i'll tell you what i'll tell you what i had watched the meat eater with steven ranella um where they you know it might not have been him, but it was some of the other staff that's on the show. On I like the how they show how YouTube they prepare videos. some of these. That's my favorite Absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's where I encourage people that don't know, you know, where do I start? Now that I, like, I didn't think about this ahead of time. I got my hunter's license. You know, I got my permit. I shot this animal legally. Now what do I and do And now with it? I didn't think about, like, what am I... What am I supposed to do? Maybe you throw it on the even, grill, right? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> you even got farther than that and you actually skinned it and cleaned it and did right. all that. And you got the meat broke down and you're like, now what? Well, the first thing I do um, is briefly what we talked about with the chicken. You can, in general, substitute meats or put meats into categories so that when you go to cook it, anything that falls into this category, you know how to kind of... A good foundation or of a good how to cook parameter it. of Correct. what the temperature needs like to temperature be, like temperature and time, right. basically. What method of cooking as well? So what I mean by that is, I the very very first thing I'm going to do is look at fat content, fat content, and because that'll make or determine. break everything, right? For the most well, part, well, that will determine if it's going to be more than likely going to be a low and slow or a fast and hot kind right. of cook, and if it's you know, a lot of fat, a lot of cartilage and collagen, sinew and stuff like that. It's definitely going to lend itself more to a low and slow. If it's, you think of like, you know, a tenderloin, a filet, you know, a strip steak, you would not want to put a strip steak in a pressure cooker and cook it no. for, you know, 30 minutes. You wouldn't want that bad boy real quick. And yes. Just call high it heat as high as you can, you know, five to 800 degrees, depending on what you're cooking. If it's on a barbecue grill outside, you put that grate real close to where the flames are almost touching and really low um, charcoal and 
up against that charcoal almost and you get it like 800 so if you got a big green egg you know something perfect like that you can sear it like 30 seconds to a minute on each side and then take it inside you can put it in the oven and finish cooking it there right put your oven at like 375 400 and just you know do some tests. I can't tell you time because there's moisture content, size of your steak. Everything varies, your accuracy of your oven and all that. But just throw it in three to five minutes, pull it out. That'll be rare to medium rare generally. And, you know, you add a few minutes onto it, it goes up in temp. Right. So you start adjusting things that you know, like steak and ground hamburger or chicken and their fat contents and their texture and you can substitute when you get something like a squirrel and you feel that meat and he's tight up against the squirrel's, you know, bones. And you know from past times, well, squirrel's definitely not tender meat. No. And so you're definitely going to need to low and slow something like that. They don't have a lot of fat, so that's a problem. I, I wouldn't go throwing it on the smoker for a long time unless no. it was really 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 low heat and maybe wrapped in like some pork fat or like maybe bacon. in a stew perhaps correct and that's Ooh. what i normally do with mine i'll throw it in uh in that little pressure cooker multi-cooker thing yeah. i'll sear it a little bit with some vegetables some onions garlic maybe some carrots throw that squirrel in hit it with a little stock a little acid like vinegar or something along those lines um, a little salt and pepper whatever herbs and spices Fill your water up or your stock up maybe half of the way up the meat Mm -hmm. and then seal that bad boy up. And depending on how much you put in there, you know, 30 minutes to an hour generally will do everything for the most part. Right. So if you're a hunter or you're new to it, you're looking to get into it, get one of these multi-cooker, you know, uh, I don't know what they would even call them. I know that there's a major brand that everyone talks about. I can't recall it. Um, it's kind of like an instant pot or yes, something yes, like that. But this that's one has more about. options when it comes to, you know, lid off cooking you too. Yeah. You know, you can bake a cake, which I did that with a cake mix, by the way, just to that's try it wild. out. It worked great. It tasted like those TV dinner brownies yeah. from the old days. They were so I mean, were good. they good though? Well, or was it just no, a TV dinner brownie? I remember mine it's always better had like than corn you think. in it. You know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. why are the corn jumping to the brownie here? There's surprise corn <laughs> chunks and surprise mashed potato line going oh, down yeah. the side that it touches, <laughs> or Salisbury steak juice that, that drips in there. No, but those those little cookers, man, they make um, being a hunter very easy. Because most of the time what you end up doing is how I just described with like a squirrel. You chop it up and in uh, primal cuts or subprimals, and you throw it in, season it, add a little bit of stock or water, close it up, and you're done. Yeah. And you can go take a shower, go do something, you know, prepare your other sides and stuff, and then 30 minutes, 40 minutes later, you have a tender squirrel that seems like it's cooked for two and a half hours, slow braised, you know, and mm. that's how squirrel's good. Um, but that raccoon, like I was talking about, um, the was, fat was it content. Very grisly? I wouldn't call it grisly, no, but you know that flavor when you go to a, trash a good barbecue place and you get burn-ins and you know that sticky film that gets on your lips and the inside of your mouth and your fingers and whenever it kind of dries, it actually is like sticky glue. Right. That collagen fat 
is the same kind of fat content, man, that was in, mm. in this raccoon. And the meat looks like dark turkey meat. Yeah. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. Um, there's a lot of musk. There's tiny little like kind of pea-sized musk glands on a couple spots. They're very, very easy. You're very easy to see. Yeah, you just kind of have to look for them. But when you're cleaning it, you'll naturally see it and be like, that's not supposed to be on the meat. Remove. Yes. So you'll just take it off. It's very easy. Um, And then luckily, God put all these little seams on our muscles to make it real easy for us to cut. They show you exactly where, you know, to go. So you just cut and break it down. And it, it looked like dark, dark turkey meat, almost like a duck which is very interesting. Um, And then I took the heart and liver, checked the liver, looked wonderful. It was clean, dark purple, dark purple. Just how organs should be. It looked like (laughs) elk meat, man, like fresh, raw elk. It was so purple. Um, I'm not a big fan of liver, but I, I I'm know normally it's not good either. For you, yes, but. I have to uh, force myself on some of the you know bigger cuts, and I'm still figuring out ways to cook cook it better. But I did good today with some beef liver, um, but not normally how I prepare it. Anyway, the raccoon liver and the raccoon heart tasted very very similar to the goose liver and goose heart. That's surprising. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's cool. Couldn't believe it. So you got kind of a you know. It was a it trash was wonderful. Vermin. <laughs> well, see, they're trash in the city because their diet's trash. That's well, yeah. the difference. Literally eating they're, trash. Yes. When you're talking about 890 acres of wooded conservation area with rivers running through it, not the book or the movie, um, you can actually see the, like, the omnivore that is the raccoon. Man, they would eat honestly what we would eat when we're out there, like they eat crawfish and fish and, right. you know, small animals. They eat fruits, nuts and berries, all sorts of stuff that, that they find. Um, it's just in the city, you know, they eat what they got. Yeah. Whereas in the woods. And they got an open buffet was, on those uh, trash, you know, yep. trash, whatever. And those those woods, when I had I'd kind of heard that they were really fatty. And if you do it low and slow, it's just... A really good experience and then I start looking back at you know the early 18th century here in the United States and our history with um, different proteins that we used to eat we we've talked about bear and deer and how bear was literally prized it was stapled it was highly nutritious extremely fatty it was like the best thing and most bartered thing that you could get it's very expensive a tin of bear grease right so it it, it could sustain you yeah, yeah. Right. It, you, Especially if you, you had nothing else. You could cook done. with it. Yeah, and you're good yeah. for all, all winter if you need to. And we we also discussed that deer, like deer, white-tailed deer and the mule deer in the West were so prevalent, even more so than today, which is hard for us to believe being here yeah. in Missouri. Everyone sees so many deer running across the highway this time all of year. All the time. Especially now. The nights are getting chillier. They're moving earlier. Well, yeah, way early. The more I rode to my lady's house, and she lives in Ava, which is probably like a 45-minute ride. And it's a beautiful ride. Like, just curvy roads. But in the mornings, I mean, I'm just white-knuckled. You see? Oh, yeah. I probably saw 30 deer all the way down yeah. there. Just, you know, they didn't really necessarily... There was only one that kind of ran out in front of me, but I was honking on the horn, going slow, you know, but yeah. I saw it coming. They're moving out there for sure. Yeah. And those early uh, those early settlers here in the 
most of the people that lived here because they were eating deer daily because there were so I mean millions of deer they had mm-hmm. to be just millions um, that they didn't really prefer deer meat so they really only used after a certain point they were really only using the pelts from the deer and that's where the term buck mm-hmm. one buck comes from one dollar per pelt that was like it and there's a it's very interesting that you know now we love white-tailed deer they taste yeah. great you know extremely lean great game meat but then they it was bear bear beaver and what i just found out raccoon hmm. it was absolutely back in the day, incredible you, you used what was around you yep. you know yep and uh this raccoon i skinned i cleaned it very very carefully to skin it because i contacted an older gentleman in uh, arkansas who's going to be coming up the next week and a half or so uh, i'm going to let him take it and tan it nice and i'm going to try nice and uh and keep tail and make a hat out of it i got the t- dude <laughs> i got the nose the whiskers the ears oh, fully yeah. intact it's like it looks great i'm very excited it it worked out awesome um but we'll see how it goes uh we'll see how that goes let me see what Dude, my lady made uh she make she gets deer meat all the time from her folks and stuff. So she made like this chili with deer meat and oh yeah. it was the best I've had in a long time. I love venison so chili. Good. Let me see your seasons right now. So what what you can hunt in Missouri. Obviously, folks, this is Missouri only, so if you're listening outside, you have your own seasons. You Just have your Google own. it. Yep. You'll, f- you'll figure it out. But right now, like the uh We've got a lot of different seasons open. This is prime time. This is when hunting season really rips roaring in Missouri. We have opossum hunting and trapping. Raccoon, it's the end of trapping. Going to be hunting in about two weeks. Um, Striped skunk hunting and trapping. Elk archery season right now, which is really cool. I don't know if I'd want (laughs) to go piss off an elk and just you know not quite hit him correctly and with well, an that's, arrow that's Woo! the that's the trick man that's, that's what scary. that's what joe and them do <laughs> that elk that one elk a year that's all you need man that's all you need bullfrog and green frog fishing and hunting i've already Ooh. got a bunch of those this year good frog legs i got eight or nine Ooh, it's good eating Yep, eight or nine big old bullfrogs. And some some of you city folks are like, ew, eating frogs. Like, trust me, you close your eyes, take a bite of that thing, it's going to change your world. Better yeah. than chicken, in my opinion. And they're good fried. I'll eat them fried. But I'll tell you what. Sautéed. They're way better sautéed in yep. butter and garlic. Yeah, I've had it that way, way too. And, That's how yeah, I do it. It's hard to pass up. Um, You got turkey. Obviously, fall firearms is turkey season right now. I've been trying. I've tried three days i was out for probably three hours each day um but it was midday i was trying to catch an afternoon gobble didn't get any luck um so aimlessly wandered through the woods which was i think you know in life we're all just trying to grab that afternoon gobble let me tell you what dude speaking of speaking (laughs) of which i got a story to tell you after this but sora virginia rails deer archery season turkey archery season woodcock that sounds inappropriate, well, but the hunting season's open. Some people are after them woodcocks, you yep. know. Dove, of course, I've been going out. Got absolutely nothing. Appreciate that. But I am i don't have access to uh, farmland. Like, I have conservation land, and they prefer, like, the cornfields and soybeans and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 
um, groundhogs, common snipe, falconry with dove. So you can be like a Mongolian dude, pull off the hood. Use your falcon to go harvest. Falcon takes off, dive bombs at 230, 240 miles an hour, spears that dove out of the air with its three and a half, four inch long talons. That's crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> that it's, it's unbelievable crazy. they can get those birds to do what they want them to do like that. It's amazing. That. They're very smart. It's, it's it's a very simple trick that they train them to do, and you know, then it just works every time. Coyote hunting, rabbit hunting, and squirrel. That's I've been getting squirrels, been doing that. It's so much fun. Uh, but anyway, that story I was going to tell you, listen to this. So I go to a conservation area that I've been to a lot, but I'm not super familiar with the backwoods, basically, of mm-hmm. it. So it's I, pre- pretty open? I, it's, pretty big? It's hundreds of acres, yes. And the back trails, I have only been down a couple times, and I really only paid attention to the trail that I was on and looking at the map on that one, so I didn't really mm-hmm. focus much geographically to kind of get my bearings straight around me. So basically you got lost. Yeah, dude. I go to Little <laughs> Sack Woods, which is where I made that 120-yard squirrel shot off the side of the tree months ago. Um, and I go in the afternoon at about 4.30. Four, no, like 3.30. And uh, the sun's like been setting at like 7, 7, mm-hmm. you know, 7.15, 7.30 here. Yeah. So I go out and I go squirrel hunting and I've got the 12-gauge. A CZ six twelve Turkey Magnum shotgun. Oh yeah, do some damage. Yep, and uh, I got my Sitka camo top and bottom and Sitka bag. Where'd you get that CZ from? Uh, that was Eagle Armory, Ooh. absolutely Springfield, Missouri. It's already slayed a few animals for sure. Um, that was a secret plug right there, guys. Yep. <laughs> Continue. And so I was really out there, kind of dove, rabbit, groundhog, uh, and squirrel hunting. But I had the shotgun so I could do all of them. If I had the 22, I couldn't get doves. Yeah. And that'd be my luck. I'd find a whole field full of doves when I bring the 22. Yeah. You know, so I figured at least I could, I could kind of get all of them with the 12 gauge. Um, Had a full choke and just some two and three quarter inch shells. So nothing, nothing big. Right. And I'm walking around and within 30, 40 minutes, I get one, like two, two pound gray squirrel it's great with a shotgun um and on my backpack i hung his neck and you know he's hanging on my back and i'm walking around and i've got the raycon wireless earbuds in right Mm -hmm. listening to podcasts and stuff and it was a really interesting tinfoil hat podcast of course i was getting sucked in and i just wasn't paying attention to the time and Nature was just so beautiful. It was the perfect temperature, you know. Got lost in it, huh? The colors in the <laughs> sky, like with the yeah. sunset, was the beautiful kind of fire glow color with the um, uh, kind of purpley blue right up against it. So it was just beautiful, right? And then I realized it's 6.55 and the sun is literally out of the sky now where I can't see it. And there's light, but it's it's going away in like mm-hmm. 10 minutes. And I realized that 
I pull out my my phone, which I had downloaded the little map from, so it's not active. I'm not doing GPS. I'm just looking at the right, downloaded right. map that I had. Oh, that'd be handy to at least have that. Uh-huh. And I realized that I have no idea where I am. <laughs> and I'm in a field clearly at the very, very back. And I see a dude, another human being, across the field from me like maybe four or five hundred yards and he he's walking away from me on the trail mm. so like this the trail snakes down a hill and kind of comes back up and i can see him over there and he's wearing camo carrying a bow so he was out there deer yeah. hunting and so i just i hustled and i start like walking real real fast and i get up to him and i'm like sir sir you know trying not to spook him because there's right. still a little bit and i'm like hey man i'm so sorry to ruin your hunt dude but I'm freaking lost, man. <laughs> it's like I made a wrong turn and I left my headlamp in the car. I thought it was in my pack. The oh, only so thing I no have is my light. phone. And that's not, no signal. Yeah, that's no good. This phone flashlight. I got a 12 gauge and a dead squirrel on my back. Yeah. And so you're the, asking for coyotes to come uh, yeah. harass you a little bit. I was literally else out there. five minutes before seeing this guy. I was five minutes away from trying to send my girlfriend a text being like, I'm going to have to camp out here tonight and just wait till morning light. get some light. And at least I had food. I had a pocket knife. I had a lighter. So I was going to make a little fire, make a quick lean-to if I could out of just some branches. And I was going to cook the squirrel up, Mm -hmm. throw the bones way away from me, you know, and then just try and get a couple hours of sleep, wait till the sun came up and try and find my way out <laughs> you know with sunrise it was that bad dude i didn't have water or anything mm. i messed up i left it all in the car when i was loading my pack and loading myself Those up situations I that's where it. you learn stuff yes. like always keep a bottle of water on you it was so bad and i walked this guy and he's like oh no no man it's all right but let me just uh let me get like 10 more minutes of up here so i just you know i stood there and he got to walk up a little bit and i and he didn't get anything so he walked back and then yeah we were literally at the very back corner of the entire hundreds of acres property i snaked through like three different trails and hit the farthest back patch yeah it was so bad i didn't get home until like nine Hmm. i texted my girlfriend on the way back was like, hey, I'm coming back. I actually almost had to stay there. She's like, yeah, where were you? Like, yeah, I, I got a little lost. Sometimes you get a little got lost. A little lost woods, you know? All these trees look the same. Yeah. And at night there, it it's a legitimately yeah. looks the same. You know, there's nothing really to worry about as far as danger. Um, the worst thing is spiders in your face while you're trying to walk walk at night yeah, on those trails maybe some snakes too but yeah but yeah, snakes aren't gonna bother not, you yeah <clears throat> excuse me you could potentially deal with a coyote or two you know but i doubt it really maybe um, a brown bear if you're lucky i had my man. shotgun i'm not yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not worried about that i wasn't worried about about anything really other than just <laughs> it's like gosh I, I don't have a blanket i don't have water i don't have any yeah. jacket i have just my just my camo, my backpack. Why did I do this? That was just not a good situation. Uh, let me see. Oh, yeah. I brought you a little gift, which I already told you. This is the Reishi Mushroom 
aka the Ganoderma. That's its Latin name, right? Um, it is known as the mushroom of immortality. So, do people eat this, or is it just the, for a lot of people in the of... east do? But the problem is, I tried that, and it is way too bitter, dude. Mm. So, it's easiest consumed and stored because you don't want it to rot or spoil or get anything like that if you make a double extraction tincture um what is double extraction well quickly we'll run through it things are water soluble or things are fat soluble and in order to get all of the stuff out of it you would need to extract with water and extract with some sort of alcohol um and that is where you basically just soak dried and or fresh mushrooms inside a very high proof alcohol for at least a it month just draws all the minerals and all the it's, all the nutrients yep, and it sucks everything out. special out of the mushroom that's fat soluble it gets pulled mm -hmm. out with the alcohol and i used an absinthe on this because the bitter flavor that i experienced trying to cook it was unbearable i mean it, it was literally like pretty hard to mask gallbladder bile bitter oh my gosh. where it takes over your entire palate you know it's you can't get that flavor away yeah um and the smell was not great so <clears throat> i ended up doing it with absinthe where it's you know a little herbal and floral and has that perfumey fragrance of old paris and the old lucian bars and stuff and figured it would kind of be masked with that and after you soak your mushrooms for a month or so, I did this one for about two months just because of time. I didn't rush it. And you shake your, your jar like every day. You strain and squeeze out your mushrooms because those things are like sponges. Mm -hmm. And you squeeze all it out. I filtered all of that there twice uh, through these little hemp uh, coffee filters, um, like a drip feed coffee filter, into a glass container. That's all the alcohol and mushroom stuff that mm -hmm. was fat soluble and then i put that away and i saved that took all that mushrooms the actual mushrooms that i had just squeezed out and soaked in all that alcohol and i put it into a pot of simmering water for like two hours so i just got the rest of whatever the alcohol couldn't pull out yep all the water soluble things at that point and then i took that squeezed it all out and then filtered all of that water and reduced it to the exact same ounce amount, which was about 12 ounces of my alcohol tincture. I reduced it and filtered it to about 12 ounces of the water so I could dilute my 80% down to about 40% final. Mm. So when you cut it with the equal amount, it's that. Right. And you add those two together that are filtered, and you get this beautiful kind of cloudy orange yeah, uh, it's like an tonic. orange marmalade, but not see-through. Yeah. So a non-transparent orange marmalade. It's very cool. And you're supposed to take like three to five of these little drops under your tongue every day. Um, the proven effects, you're talking about anxiety, um, depression, mental fatigue. Uh, these are without a doubt proven. Then there's lots of other clinical studies where it talks about cancer and tumor-fighting properties. Um, it's apeptotic, so it induces malignant cellular death while leaving your red and white blood cells alone. Hmm. So it attacks cancerous cells and viruses and bacteria in your body. It helps regulate homeostasis and helps your body run and your metabolism. Um, it's great for for lowering your high blood pressure. 
apparently. There's tons of these uses, right? But the problem is, in our country, in order to get that stamp of approval, it has to go through, you know, certain... FDA, this, yeah. and all that crap. And so there are tons of individual studies and research papers and clinical studies that you can go and, and look, and I absolutely want you guys to go do it so that you can see for yourself the benefits of these mushrooms that just grow right outside for free. And it's it's a very easy process. It, it's just time-consuming, mm-hmm. but really you're not doing much when you're doing stuff. The re- It's sitting is what it's doing. Right. And then when you're doing something, you got like 10 minutes of work, 20 minutes of work. The final thing was like cooking cooking your water and mushrooms, and that's just putting it in a pot and simmering it. Mm-hmm. So again, you're not really doing much. It's just kind of a process. Um, but the health effects of something like this, um, there has to be a reason why Eastern medicine has used this mushroom and many others, you know, chaga and maitake, shiitakes and all sorts of them, lion's mane, as healers to help your body fight against other stuff because ultimately it's your body. It's not the mushroom doing it, right? Right. And it's it's giving you what of, you need to right. fight off things. And since our diet nowadays often it is often crapola. Is, yes. Um, we, I was, need the I was help. Eating t- we need the help. Yeah, 15 minutes ago, I was eating Taco Bell for the first time and just terrible food. Just absolutely terrible food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, man, this this uh, this little meat switch has been great where I'm not just eating meat all the time, but it is for sure it's the main basis of your 50 diet. to 70% of what I'm eating is meat. Hmm. If not 70, 75, I mean, it is like what I ate today bacon for this morning from Horman Meats local cured no nitrates no sugar added they cured the bacon right there and I got a pound of that Is I didn't eat a pound this morning thin cut? you can order it however you want oh, they nice. got a thickness chart right there you can order it they'll cut it I tend to like quarter inch thickness to half inch I, I love like the, the big meaty yeah. where it's crispy on the outside and meaty on the oh, inside yeah. and soft yeah well I started my day with that and then later on, I ate beef liver. Excuse me. Uh, let me see. Beef liver and a prime ribeye, all nice. from Horman Meats. Yeah. So it's like that. And the good thing about that, eating meat is you're so full. You're so for satisfied. So long. Yep. It's even, like your body knows that that's what it needed. You know. Even when you eat a lot of it, you're not extremely uncomfortable. You're right. just really full. Because I ate two steaks at FD's Steakhouse the other day. Two, I got a ten ounce and a seven. <laughs> you should have heard me order, dude. I'm like a pro now. I walked in. I realize you can order what you want, and if you order like a boss, they think you're a boss, right? So I walk in. I'm like, <clears throat> I'm like, hi there. Uh, can I get a glass of this Alexander Valley Cabernet, please? Oh, the Cabernet. Yeah, it was it was like an eight dollar glass or nine. It was you know not. Just a nice standard price. Nice cheap, nice cheap red wine, Cabernet, dry to stand up to this super fatty steak I'm about to indulge in. And I saw they had like a seven ounce sirloin and they had like a ten ounce sirloin and they came with like a potato and a side. Well, I was like, could I get the ten ounce sirloin here? Um and the side, could I get asparagus? And I was like, and can I also get 
the seven ounce sirloin. Keep the potato away. No side. I'll take broccoli for the side, but take mm-hmm. so I'll take just one potato, which Brittany wanted the potato. So I gave her the potato. I ate asparagus, steamed broccoli, and 17 a ounces 17 of ounces meat. of steak, dude. <laughs> it and like a three, four ounce pour of Cabernet. It was divine. Yeah. You know, eating all that meat. I'll tell you how I felt. I was so full when I got to the car and I could like I was hard on my stomach that food baby like food where, baby down there yeah my <laughs> stomach was like i was flexing you know just bloated but i didn't hurt and i wasn't like in pain i definitely overate yeah <laughs> but i wasn't in pain not like you feel after like amazing. going to golden corral and you just yeah. eat slop you know carbs and starches and sugars and stuff it makes a big difference man it, it really does it really makes a difference. So if you kind of just shift over as, you know, when you can, as much as you can, like some days I fast and we go out to eat like dinner at five, five thirty, And people are like, why are you eating so early? This is my first meal of the day. No. You understand that? <laughs> like this when, is breakfast time. When, when'd you wake up noon? No, mm-hmm. like nine, eight or nine latest, like, and you just don't have to eat first thing when you wake up, you know, right. unless you go to a trade job or something like that. Where that you require, have to have energy. Yes, not, for sure. Know, yeah. For sure. It's better to operate at a calorie deficit, especially in the morning and get, get your body time to digest and pass things that, that you've been doing to it, you know, for the past day or two, it gives your time. It gives your body time to adjust and adapt and get ready to accept the next wave of food that you're going to put on it, you know, and, and sometimes that might involve skipping a whole day and not eating a whole day or two. That's perfectly fine. Maybe again, not for some people. This isn't for everybody. This isn't for even most people. This is for those people that want, that aren't super happy with their diet or their body right now. And they've tried a bunch of stuff, man, I would suggest it's, looking into intermittent fasting because then yeah. you, if you have your little feeding window it's, it's and wonderful, just don't man. just keep it all in spec, you know, you feel great. Your body yep. just kind of resets a little bit, resets for the better, I think. Yep. So if you wake up between like six and nine o'clock, don't eat until one or two in the afternoon earliest, earliest, try and push it back even further, three, four, and then give yourself like what I try and do. Between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m., that's your eating time, and I eat a lot then. Yeah. <laughs> I'll usually I'll eat people like have meals. like a 10, 10 hour feeding window or yeah. whatever, but yeah, re- yeah, and that's I'm a terrible thing. Way. I don't to do. wait till yeah, I wait till afternoon. Yeah, you know, I'll have like whatever sugar free monster. That's the only there's no calories in it, but that's the only thing I really ingest besides water until noon. You know, yeah. whenever I'm working, but and it. It's, you know, again, it's, it's not for everyone, but that has been a tremendous change for me. So if you're, I might have to try that if you're looking, the, A, I hate, I, I'm eight, not a big food a nice preparer. Four, four or six hour window. But when it Limit comes it to, to meat, I, I can do that. Yeah. You know? Meat dude is where it's at. And if you're getting the, like, don't. Don't just say, well, I eat meat, and then you, you go to the store and you buy a bunch eat of hamburgers. Or yeah, like, like no. clearly that's not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about higher quality meat cuts, you know, and 
that doesn't mean don't eat the pork or the lower quality or low cost meats. I'm eating nose to nose to tail. You know, I'm eating cheek. I'm eating, you know, leg bone so cuts. So you're, you're eating an animal's beehole? Is that what you're saying? I don't do that. I'll cut. <laughs> I'll cut that piece out, but okay. if the muscles around it, Ooh, if the, the muscles muscle. around it are firm, I can loosen them in my pressure cooker oh my gosh, over don't say 40 that. minutes to an hour. We are not loosening any bee holes on nope, this. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but I'm just saying that, that, that meat thing's been great. That meat thing's been great. Um, Let me see here. Well, so this is... uh. This is something that's really cool. Um, we've talked about it a lot. It's something that's always fun to talk about, you know, like our our spiritual journey, our personal experience on this planet, how we each have our own video game going on, right? Yeah. And we can kind of plug in controllers and we mesh screens and our worlds kind of collide and meet and some of us are involved in lives more than others right well i re-listened to an old song that i'd heard a lot and uh i play it all the time at home i'll, I'll like put it on my loop pedal because it's one of those that the main riff loops the same mm, yeah. four bars over and over the whole song and then you can play on top of that all the other layers and textures so it's one of those really fun looping songs well, I decided to actually like pay attention to the lyrics because I've been doing that more lately. Um, it's easy for easy to pick up on the melody, and then you kind of put yeah. that the lyrics on the back burner or the I instruments know exactly what it, for me. Right. Yeah, know, yeah. Like all. It usually takes the, my third. If I if I listen to a brand new song, the first two times I listen to it, it's all melody where the music goes, and then the third time I'm like, okay, I need to focus on lyrics. Yeah. What is this song about? Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of those sleepers that even the name, I should have took a hint and I didn't. I just thought because I made no investigations that it was more of a mockery instead of a pouring out of his life and his heart secretly in a song, but not so subtly, right? So this song that we're going to play after I read the lyrics, because it's important that you you hear the lyrics, because obviously it's kind of you know indie, and sometimes you might not be able to hear all the words so clearly. So it's nice to hear them ahead of time first, and kind of what it's about, and then hear him express himself after uh, with the song. And it's this is one of those songs, man. When when you realize what he's talking about and what he's going through and what he's telling you about. It'll make you cry sometimes if you're alone, you know, driving in the car. You're like, geez, because it is absolutely relatable. And it's not just like some people go through it. Everyone in faith, I can almost guarantee you, has felt the way this poor guy is pouring out and explaining. And the song is written by Brand New. That's the band. They're not It's an brand old song. New. Yeah, they're by Brand New though. <laughs> they are old. Um, but the song's called Jesus Christ. And there are obviously no uh um there's no narrative from the songwriter as, 
like directly like this is what this means as, as oftentimes most songwriters and most bands don't do that they leave it to interpretation because it's better for the listener to be able to put their own emotional attachment to the song and then they can relate better mm-hmm. but if it factually means about something and then it definitely won't mean what they're thinking about right, right? so it it's open to interpretation um but the way i kind of read this and interpreted it was very moving because we all especially when you when you grew up in church and you know and you have a a faithful family I wouldn't say religious because we know what that you know entails we're talking about having faith and love right and that's where we came from and a lot of people that we know came from that as well that you have to experience though as we've talked about for yourself life and everything in it and all the hardships and then also challenging and questioning your faith and your like the why like why did this happen Mm -hmm. like how could this happen if and then you would throw in something blasphemous and slanderous because we've all been there right you wonder how and why why would they take them away yes. from me when they were such a great person yeah yeah how could your supposed loving caring god ever really exist and be so loving and caring if you know he'll let this happen or he'll you know that's a very very common and important question um, but maybe in the bigger picture, if you take a step back, that it's for the greater good of someone else learning a lesson or, yeah. you know, there's, there's, there's something to it that well, we may, we might not realize what it is. It's very obvious. It's honestly, and it's so simple. And it, I watched a little video about this kid calling into a radio station, his dog died. He was like eight or 10 years old. And it was, it was like, he was like eight. It was the saddest and sweetest thing mm-hmm. I've ever seen. He calls in. He's like, he's, he's crying, right? He's, he's crying. He's like, I just got to call and tell, you know, my dog died and I was so sad. And I started praying. I just didn't know what to do. And then I, God told me I shouldn't be sad anymore because I know how you feel. I lost my son and he's right. I was like, geez, dude, the wisdom of an eight-year-old kid. That's the point is it, he doesn't necessarily do something to you. He can allow something to happen so that he works through you and through the situation. And you're not alone, right? Because he knows what it's like. He sent his only son by choice to die for us, right? So he died. So that's a that that's a huge thing. And that struggle of understanding is exactly where this song you know kind of comes out of. It's that growing up from who you were when you were a kid and what you know as established like well, this is this way, you know, and God is real and you, you know, you have to believe, you have to ask for forgiveness, right? And his struggle with knowing, man, that he himself is a piece of crap and he fails daily, right? And he can never, he literally can't even go one day without 
sinning horribly and doing some terrible stuff, which is very relatable, especially when you're, you know, a teenager and in your 20s and things like that. You, There's lots of different things that you get exposed to and different people and different personalities and walks of life and choices. And you have to kind of navigate through them. And it oftentimes leaves you questioning or wondering what it is that you believe in, especially with the more traumatic experiences you're around or go through and you're not around people of faith going through them. That's even more important because they can remind you to stay on track and keep you focused. Like, Hey, it's fine. Like it's fine. But instead when you're young and you're, you know, rebellious, perhaps. Yeah. (laughs) You tend to surround yourself with people that were not, avid churchgoers oftentimes and there's tons of people that they don't get that that family uh you know that that faith family the fit the, the family of god right around them to support them and tell them that it's fine and man this song goes through this journey of that all those emotions, the conflicting faith emotions. I know it's real. Maybe it is. I hope it is. I'm pretty sure it is. But how can I even, there's no way I'm going to get to heaven because, you know, right. God sees everything and like he goes through this whole thing. And then at the end, his anger gets the best of him. And it's so sad. All right, Be- don't spoil it. No, I'm not. I've I, got the, I've got it all queued yeah. up. Just tell me when to play it. Hold on. If I'm, I'm going to read the lyrics, the lyrics first. Yeah. first, and then we'll get it. And then, of course, you know, put your speaker right up to the end yeah, of the yeah. mic. We'll do that. All right, so this is brand new, uh, the band, and the song is called Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, that's a pretty face, the kind you find on someone I could save. If they don't put me away, well, it'll be a miracle. Do you believe you're missing out, that everything good is happening somewhere else? But with nobody in your bed, the night's hard to get through. And I will die all alone. And when I arrive, I won't know anyone. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm alone again. So what did you do those three days you were dead? Because this problem's going to last more than the weekend. Well, Jesus Christ, I'm not scared to die. I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. Do I get the gold chariot? Do I float through the ceiling? Do I divide and fall apart? Cause my, uh, cause my bride is too sly to hold back all my dark. And this ship went down inside of land. And at the gates, does Thomas ask to see my hands? I know you'll come in the night like a thief, but I've had some time alone to hone my lying technique. I know you think that I'm someone you can trust, but I'm scared I'll get scared, and I swear I'll try to nail you back up. So do you think that we could work out a sign? So I'll know it's you and that it's over so I won't even try? I know you'll come for the people like me, but we all got wood and nails, tongue tied to a hating factory. We all got wood and nails. We turn out hate in factories. And he repeats that a couple times. And then at the end he says, yeah, we all got wood and nails and we sleep inside of this machine. 
Dude, it's crazy. Play that song. Love the guitar part too. Oh, yeah.
Yeah, dude. Killer so, song. Obviously, you can see and hear just the confliction that he has with everything. And it's so crazy. Like, when you go down through some of these some of these lyrics, um, it's clear, like, some of these lines, like, Jesus Christ, I'm not scared to die, but I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. He's feeling so much guilt for the sin. He knows. He knows it's he wrong. He knows that his judgment's coming, and he's going to have to stand before God, and he's not, and he's not happy with his current situation. And if you go in the beginning of the song when he talks about the very first kind of uh, stanza here, the very first verse, it's it's almost like his uh, he's describing his finding Jesus and his love for Jesus. He says, Jesus Christ, that's a pretty face, the kind you find on someone that could save. And then he said, if they don't put me away, it'll be a miracle. So he talks about himself immediately after and in a negative way. So it's very exposing right off the bat. Right off the bat, you see where this song comes from and where he's singing from. He he doesn't really leave anything out. It's, uh, do you believe that you're missing out, that everything good's happening somewhere so he's never happy, he's never satisfied. He's, no matter where he goes, who he's with, he can't find that happiness. And it's hard to keep the faith and stay strong and say, well, everything's going to be okay over and over. And especially when you're at certain ages, um, whenever you're talking the next line with nobody in your bed, the night's hard to get through. We've all been missing relationships, missing, you know, family, missing people. And that's just more of that, you know, being completely alone, like yeah. for extended periods of time. That's symbolism for that. You know, it's, it's it, hard to it get weighs through. on your psyche for yeah. sure. And you even, need human contact, whether it's, you know, conversation or whatever, it's just, you need to have it. Yeah. And it's, it's super crucial, especially in those times where you're feeling like this. That's why it's important to tell someone. But he goes on, he says, and I will die all alone. And this next line, I translate even horribly sad. But this could be just me in my translation. But the way I do it, it's, it's rough, man. And I'll die all alone. And when I arrive, I won't know anyone. And when I'm think he was talking about he knows all of his family and friends are probably going to make it to heaven and he's going to be the one he's thinking yeah. that's going to be all alone when he arrives to hell he won't know anybody or, or, I wonder, or I vice he's versa he's worried for his family and friends souls right. and he's going to be the only one in heaven that that all of his loved ones are going to be the only one that doesn't believe in god and all this and he's going to be the only one either yeah. way man that's a pretty scary feeling. That's <laughs> such a sad separation from, you know, your your blood, family, and friends that you've known, you know, that, that your life has been about. He's having this realization that he, wherever he ends up, it's going to be all alone. And he does not going to recognize anyone because he's going to be just other people in him. And then this one, you know, it's rough. We we talked about it too. Jesus Christ, I'm alone again. 
So what did you do those three days you were dead? Because this problem's going to last more than the weekend. That is a last-ditch calling out. Like, how? What am I supposed to do? And he's genuinely like, Jesus, I mean, you had it harder than me. You died. And you came back. What did you do those three days? Well, if you get into the research, Jesus' body was left untouched, you know, and... His spirit went what some translations would call, quote, like a hell. He went to hell to preach to spirits, which is interesting. And the, that's the kind of the translation from the Hebrew, or sorry, Greek. And when you translate that word, it's found in the book of Enoch, which we, we've talked about that mm-hmm. loosely too, which that word represents the same word that they used when Enoch went to these weird spiritual prisons to go and preach to spirits as well. So that's a weird word that maybe we're just mixing the translation right. up because it's interesting. But either way, man, the like, what did you do those three days you were dead? Because this problem's going to last more than the weekend. So obviously, this thing just keeps you know reoccurring, and he. He doesn't know. He's like, in your lowest of lows, Jesus, what, like, what did you do? Like, what, what can I do? Cause your situation was way worse. How can I pull through this? Um, and then he just opens up. I'm not scared to die, but I'm a little bit scared of what comes after. All of us are. We've all thought that. Cause we really don't know for sure. No, there's no reasoning and there's no rash, like, rationalizing things at that point once you're dead you know you're dead there's nothing else you can change or do so it's that will absolutely weigh on your head but it's supposed to you i believe this is all part of your your walk with god and walk through this life to experience everything together as the universe the universe this thing that we're living in and on whatever it is that we keep you know, birthing and dying, birthing and dying. We're experiencing every emotion, every situation possible that can exist in a realm of humankind and animals on on, on an earth, right? Once all of that's done, I feel like it's probably going to be over. But I feel like we're all connected so much so that it's like we're all supposed to be experiencing and learning and teaching mm-hmm. everything that there is to know that that's that's available positive and healthy and logical and reasonable yes i think that's kind of you know one of those tasks that that human that mankind humankind is supposed to be doing here is you know other than stewarding the earth and the animals we're supposed to be figuring you know medicine and science and helping people and how to raise up the the poor and low income and burdened and how to get them out of that impoverished and how to get people off of drugs and how to help humanity and help everything right and you think we'll ever get to a point where they they'll be able to resurrect someone whether it's technology or medicine not maybe not a hundred percent not actually i think maybe get your life force or your body back but not quite it'll all be like algorithms just programmed sequence responses that seem real because the algorithm will be good or it just learned yeah it learned you so it's just yeah. what would he typically say in this scenario boom this yeah. would be it 
but I don't know. We've all we've all had those uh, moments where you know what who you are and what you stand for, and you know what you've done. No one else knows all that you've done but you and God. So and you that's feel a pretty scary, shameful, yeah, don't you? I know you do a, back there. That's a scary realization, <laughs> and he's. You know, whether he's having this realization in a loss and in time of mourning or if he's having it in maybe withdrawal or or rehabilitation. Yeah, Yeah, like who who knows what's going on, but either way, he's not having a great time here. Do I get the gold chariot, he says, or do I float through the ceiling? Obviously, you know, he's wondering how it's going to happen, you know. Do I turn into a ghost and float on through? Do I divide and pull apart? Yeah, that's kind of weird. So I wonder if that's going to be like the the body from the soul type of a yeah, how you kind metaphorical of metaphorical just yeah. And then this next line is just very keen, and you start seeing his his character that he's progressing into of anger and ego and pride, where he says, "Cause my pride is too sly to hold back all my dark." He he doesn't trust himself. He knows he's he knows. That he's just going to keep sinning. So he's like, so that means that there's no hope for me. Right. He's having a, a lost cause. A breakdown. Yeah, he's hopeless. And we've talked about there are three that testify in heaven. Faith, hope, and love. And these are the three things that I try and like practice as much as I can. But when someone loses hope, man, that's... That's bottom of the that's barrel. That's rough. It's rock bottom. That's rough. The ship went down in sight of land. He was almost there. Mm-hmm. He's almost there. He had everything right. You know, he, he went to church. His parents were gray. You know, two-parent household, whatever, yada, yada, yada. You know, fill in the blank. Everything was right. They set you up so well. They put you on the ship. They sailed you away, and you crashed a mile from the shore. And you forgot to patch that hole or something. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> such a, a lyrically, it's brilliant. You know, it's really well written. It really is. The symbolism is great. And at the gates, does Thomas ask to see my hands? It's rough. Doubting Thomas. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. You're exactly right. You caught the symbolism there with the biblical story and the character. And that's exactly what he's talking about there. Do you doubt me? The last few. Do you doubt my hands? Do you see? Let me see your hands. And then this is where the song hits the bridge and it picks up tempo and volume. And this is where the song gets so sad for me because you see him lose the personal battle of hope and faith in your, and it leaves you unsure what happens with him. And it's just, to me, I hope that doesn't happen to any of my friends or family, you know, anyone, because dude, that I couldn't imagine, you know, we talked about it a year ago, you know, being hopeless is, is the worst. You got to at least have hope in yourself. Yeah. Someone out of all the people that are not going to believe in you, you have to believe in you. You have to believe in you. And he says here in the bridge, I know you're coming in the night like a thief. As we know, Jesus come in the night like a thief in a flash. The rapture he's yes. referring to, but I've had some time. Oh Lord. I've had some time alone. This lyrics were wrong to hone my lying technique. And I know that you think that I'm someone you can trust. And this is so sad. 
but I'm scared. I'll get scared and I swear I'll try to nail you back up. My gosh, dude. So, and then the we all so have wooden scared. nails. This Dude, that was so so rough. And then, what does to it say? Get Turn out it. hate machines or something like that, or yeah, hate says, factories or something. So like do that. you think? Uh, so do you think that we could work out a sign? So I know it's you and that it's over. So I won't even try. I know you're coming for the people like me, but we all got wooden nails and we turn out hate in factories. So he's like challenging him at that point, being like, don't you dare come back. Like, don't come for me. I'm too far gone. I'll nail you back up. I've had like, I am worthless. I can't even do this anymore. And now because I've realized I'm hopeless, I'm going to hone my anger at God and Jesus. And it's so sad. We all got wooden nails and we sleep inside of this machine. So we're just a big angry cog of Satan's manipulation and deception of sin. And we get caught in these in these thoughts. And instead of it's like, man, he was almost there, dude. You know what I mean? The ship sank. It's like you get halfway through the song and you 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 almost have some hope because you see these realizations that he's coming to and these are so, you know, wisdom like. It's it's so much wisdom that in realization that through experience you will gain and over time you'll gain this these questions to challenge and you'll gain this this wisdom that he has but the problem is he kind of thinks of it in the wrong way and he focuses blame instead of accountability and responsibility yeah for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of god all have sinned so you can't think of yourself as trash because you're far from trash you're far from trash Jesus died for the richest and wealthiest people as well as the poorest and most poverish and every single person in between and there's no break with that. And it's just unfortunate that it seems like in this song, he couldn't quite get over his pride and anger and ego from wherever that stems from. But it sounds like a lot of loss and loneliness mm -hmm. and failed attempts at whatever life failed situations. Uh, I know, I mean, goodness, brand new had a lot of problems in the band that's why they broke up so who knows this could stemming from friends relationships could and family from drug use perhaps no, no absolutely talent. and ultimately what this you know this this song had had that realization for me uh where i had never never paid attention to it and it's extremely powerful and this comes from a secular band so again if you you know, if you're interested in, in hearing, you know, more from this band, they're brand new. But I'll tell you, a lot of their other songs, most of their other music is nothing like this. And, you know, it's it's not the same. But this is one of those one of those weird gems that they came out with. And I just couldn't believe it when I had that, you know, when I had that thought. Um, just what a powerful message for that's so relevant today. 
Um, and just tucked behind a really simple melody that just is soothing and chill, you know. But dude, it's so, so powerful. Pow- and yeah. the way that they crescendo and build the song into louder. I mean, he starts like harder, distorting his faster, voice, singing it harder. On the bridge yeah. where he's his anger is building and building, building until he blows up. And he basically, as we, we read, curse and blasphemes God and Jesus and says, oh, yeah, we all down here have wood and nails. And we turn out hate in factories. It's like, geez, geez. He's saying, I know you come for the people like us, but I've had some time alone to hone my lying technique. It's, it's, you know, it's such an awesome song. Such an awesome song. But very easy to uh, brisk over and not pay attention. Mm -hmm. I did it for years. (laughs) You know, I did it for years. But that's a... very powerful message. Um, so what I love about music is that you can convey a lot of messages kind of on the down low if you don't if you're not paying attention, you know what I mean? Like I'm sure there's a million other songs out there that have for just sure. great messages that, you know, just kind of mass with a cool melody or something. Yeah, especially when people are kind of scared to uh you know, some of these subjects tend to be a little a little touchier, you know, harder to talk about, especially someone's personal faith journey. When you're talking about a a secular band that played in a genre that absolutely didn't have, you know, Christian music like at all. That's just not, that, that's not really what happened. Um, so you, you get those occasionally. Oh, side note. You want to know, you want to hear some funny Ari Shafir, the famous comedian, obviously mm-hmm. he says the greatest Christian rock band of all time. Who is it? This is hilarious. Once you hear it, think about it. And it's not who you think it is. It's it. It's not a Christian band per se, but yeah, like yeah. it is in a way when you I really think about. I want to say it's like it. something like Evanescence or something like crazy. It, he's like the greatest Christian rock band POD, of all time. Pod, no, they're considered Christian. the Killers. Oh, and he's yeah, like Mr. Yeah. Brightside. Think yeah. about it. Oops. Coming out of my cage, and I'll be doing just fine. He's like he's talking about coming into faith. He's like it's absolutely. <laughs> and Ari is a Jew, and he's more or less mocking it instead of. Right. You know, praising that's just it, how but, he is. but it is kind of funny that that's again another band that hides a lot of spiritual stuff in their lyrics that you don't pay attention right. until you read them without the music, and then you kind of read them with the music after, and you you start noticing stuff that, like, oh yeah, he does say that, like I I can't even believe it, but it's pretty interesting. I thought that was pretty funny. Greatest Christian rock band of all time, <laughs> The Killers. <laughs> what? <laughs> when you were young? Kaka. Yeah. Let me see. Anything else we got? What else we got? I talked about getting lost in the woods, mushroom tinctures. How'd the uh, UFC fights go today? Anything good? They weren't bad. Um, This was one of those weeks that there's not, a, there's not really a lot of big names on it at all. Uh, which can be a good or a bad thing because there's all those people trying yeah. to fight for, you know, um, bragging rights, a ranking, p- ranking position, top 10 or top 15, whatever. But they had a couple good fights, you know, but nothing that is super memorable, which is always, you know, unfortunate. Sometimes you'll luck out in these, these fight nights where there's no one super memorable or very famous yet or very challenged yet they'll come out and it's like every fight dude knockout one minute in first round yeah. you're like whoa 
And then you know. It's like the first fight that literally sets the tone. The yeah. next fight comes out, a girl will jump and pull like a flying triangle, choke this other girl out in like two minutes, first round. Mm-hmm. And it just... It snowballs and it's like everyone is like a vicious knockout or aggressive submission or something. Yeah, it's it's been it's been wild lately, which I can't wait. I can't wait. So October 22nd, that's next week. Uh, Charles Oliveira. Oh, my gosh. I hope he beats the crap out of Islam. I can't stand Islam anymore. Uh, he was not the religion, guys. <laughs> we're not we're not talking about that. Uh, that is his his name, uh, Makachev. He's a fighter in the UFC. Um, he's a beast, but he's from the you know one of the stands, and he does kind of the Habib and mm. where they real aggressive extremely heavy wrestling background very aggressive very vicious great grapplers great wrestlers and they smash you they pin you up against the fence they'll pin an arm under your under their knee and your one arm back and then just punch you in the face over and over and over basically Mm -hmm. and then choke you out if that doesn't work so it's like it's been a challenge but charles Oliveira is champ in an awesome he's he's so good dude he's so good he's so good and i i want him to kind of shut that camp up finally once and for all it's been annoying everyone's like oh the stands are taking over the ufc you got dagestan and uzbekistan all these stands are coming in all these fighters they're coming in smashing people and they were dude for a while Mm. but it seems like people are you know they're adjusting they're figuring out they're doing what the ufc's best style yeah yep and all it takes is just to watch them fight a few times and you'll learn their little tricks and if you practice it in your fight camp train against that when you go to show up you'll be able to shut them down whenever they do things more prepared for the situation i was so so happy for nate diaz going out with that with that last win and retiring we'll see how long that lasts but i'm glad he got out of the ufc he needed to get out not for necessarily his sake i always watch a nate diaz fight but he's a little past his prime i'd say yeah for i mean he is past his prime but he's still dangerous and awesome right right? yeah yeah. he's still dangerous and awesome i just want him to get paid and he just hasn't really gotten a lot of what what he deserved champ and all that because he kept getting robbed and pushed back because the timing was always weird. You have people like Connor coming up and stealing Thunder. So he fought him and he beat him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That was amazing. That was an amazing fight. Connor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. You got to go back and watch it. So good. So good. Nate Diaz always points and laughs and talks trash. He'll flip guys off. He'll curse at you the entire time when he's on the ground rolling with you on top, punching you in the face. He's yelling at you and stuff. Dude, it's. It's so funny, though, because he does it in like a comical way. Like, if you're not fighting how he wants you to fight, he'll literally just, like, bend over you and show you his butt. <laughs> and he'll, like, taunt you. He'll run around the ring. He'll walk back and forth. And usually that'll, that'll mess with someone yes, mentally. Dude. Like, okay, I'm going to try, you know, yeah. and they're going to create their own flaw. And That's he's going to see the opening and just He just waits and he capitalizes <laughs> and he counters. He's very good at, like, this counter thing. But he does this, like, lazy Stockton boxing where... 
if he gets in close, his dirty boxing's great. You know, Nate's great. And he's black belt, so he's amazing at jiu-jitsu on the ground. You don't want him to tie you up in anything. He gets a hold of you on the ground. You're in a lot of trouble, dude. Yeah. You're in a lot of trouble. It's just Nate Diaz likes to take his time. And he never gets tired. The dude runs yeah. marathons. He trains for marathons for fun outside of the UFC just because that's what they do. So his cardio is next level. And so he's just methodical of how he yeah. wants to eliminate you. <laughs> so you're talking about a black belt jujitsu that's tested and trained and practiced 10 plus years, like way long time, longer than that. I'm just saying at least, you know, that's a minimum 10, 12 plus in just jujitsu. And then you're talking about the dude that street fought and he's very good at boxing and kicks. So dude, that's dangerous. He's fought dozens of times he's oh. <laughs> nate is he's how old is he he's gotta be getting pretty old 30 now, something i thought he's 40 no no he's 30 something um a couple years older than me he might be 35 or 36 if i'm not mistaken nate's still a younger guy he's 37 years old yep yep born 1985 his brother's in 39 or 40 oh. nick the general, awesome to watch. He got robbed too of his UFC career. It was unfortunate for weed, for marijuana. Jeez. Oh, they 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 pulled him and voided his contract. Basically, kicked him out. I think it was like five years suspension. It was insane, and it was literally, arguably at his prime. The top, he was just like stepping in, and he Nick was about to just dominate a lot dude his old fights and what is it one and strike force or something way back in the day they're so good to watch nate and nicks both i just watch a lot of the old fights because probably more entertaining dude they're so fun and i don't have commercials or anything like that yeah i can just watch what i want to watch and go back and if you guys haven't seen ufc one through like ufc 20 geez you're missing out I think Joe Rogan joins UFC 11 or 13, something like that, uh, to to kind of explain the ground game and the grappling because no one knew what in the world was going on. Mm-hmm. The, it was embarrassing listening to a lot of the commentators like right. s- call things out. They were literally making things up because no one knew any better. Yeah, <laughs> He's doing the bubblegum leg bash. He's doing the here. twisty McFisty yeah. here. <laughs> oh, he just took him down with the pretzel anator mustard dunk. And you're like, okay, this literally makes no sense. <laughs> but it gets better, of course, whenever Joe gets there and they start having some fighters. Well, and whenever you UFC. actually know technique, you can comment on yes. it perfectly. Yes, you know? and kind of tell you the potentials of where the fight's going and yeah. what's happening and point out things that you miss that are you know, obvious for someone that fights or trains in martial arts, but it's not obvious for a new viewer. Um, and Joe is vital for that, honestly. like He's extremely vital for that. He gives very good breakdowns of the fight as they're happening uh so even if you're not you know into jujitsu and grappling you're able to understand at least what these guys are doing instead of man it just looks like they're holding on to his leg and just rolling around they ain't doing much like that's chess what's happening yeah. you know it's chess all the holds the grips them to the right position the where angles yeah. the hooks with their feet and arms everything is chess and they're moving test move i move here you move here that's what that's the famous gracie family from jiu-jitsu when he was asked to describe what is jiu-jitsu he says 
I move here, you move here, I move here, you move here, and then we repeat forever. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, that's right. Until someone messes up, then yeah. you die. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like or your arm gets snapped in half it's Blew it's it very crazy yeah it's very cool very cool thing to watch go watch those old ufcs like they'll literally have a 400 pound sumo wrestler versus like 160 pound dude you know like the early days were wild no rules no weight classes no gloves <laughs> no weight classes no time limits yeah. no kicks to the groin but other than that you're good to go <laughs> there's like no biting spitting kicks to the groin you're talking dudes were like from 12 to 6 dropping elbows on a downed opponent's head right yeah. just causing deadly. massive damage to their brain you know kicking <laughs> opponents faces while they're down yeah from standing like soccer kicking ahead mm. you know like do we wild wild west the early ufcs are and they're for free on youtube you can go watch them <laughs> they're Boom. so entertaining dude. Yeah. they're so entertaining um I don't really have much else to talk about unless you can think of something else we missed. No, I think I'm good. Yeah, we got an hour and a half on this mug. Um, Hopefully we're going to be doing this more regular yeah, now. Yeah, we'll get back to it. Uh, feeling, feeling funky fresh. Woo! We'll, uh, we'll try out that soap. I'm going to be smelling funky fresh. Yep. I made a bunch of soap. No, sounds crazy. I make, I make like... Um, He's a soap maker. I make soap from donkey milk soap base. It's awesome. But anyway, hey, we appreciate you guys joining us, listening in. Um, again, we appreciate our sponsors as well. Uh, Eagle Armory, we really appreciate you. Yeah. Um, uh, I've been Grant. I'm Tyler. Thanks for joining the Beer Bros Campfire Fun Time, guys. We love ha you. Have a good one.